We're learning Daf Tesvav. Let's just give a little recap of where we are before we jump into the Gemara. So our Mishnah was mentioning the Halacha that the week before Yom Kippur, the Kohen Galo, Kohen Galo prepares for all the Avodah. And there's many of the, the steps in the Avodah which technically could be done by a regular coin, but uh, the Kohen Galo who's preparing for Yom Kippur will do the week before. So when the Mishnah was telling us that idea and giving examples, so it said that he's going to burn the Ketoras and he's going to be mate of the nearest. Mate of the nearest means that he's preparing... He's preparing the menorah. So it sounded like the sequence was the Ketoros and then the Neros. But we ended up having a Kasha because the Mishnah later on, which talks about the, the lots that were cast for the different Kohanim to see who would, who, who would be chosen to do the Avodah in general. Nothing to do with the week before Yom Kippur. So in that Mishnah, it sounds that the second lot included uh, cleaning up the menorah, the Hatavas and Neros. And the third lot, which sounds like afterwards, was for who would burn the Ketoros. So it sounds like from that mission that the lamps come before the burning of the Qataris. So Abai tells us that the lamps were interrupted. There were five lamps which were prepared. Then there was an interruption with another Avodah. And then the final two lamps were prepared. And the Mishnayos hold, both the Mishnah here and the Mishnah later on, hold that what interrupted the five and the two was the Avodah, the burning of the Qataris. So therefore we can explain our mission, which says that the Qataris is before the Atavah Saneros. Our Mishnah means that it's before the last two lamps. And Tosos even speaks out that perhaps the Kohen Gadol, when he was preparing for Yom Kippur, he only had to do the last two lamps. He didn't have to do every single part. It was just enough that he did the last two. That's what our Mishnah means, that the Ketoros came before the Atavas and Eros. The Mishnah later on, the Mishnah later on, which says that the Atavas and Eros comes before the Ketoros, the Mishnah is referring to the first five lamps. So the first five lamps came before the Atavas and Eros. This is what Abai answered. The Gemara explained that this premise that Abai has that he needs for his answer, that you do five, then burn the Ketoros, then prepare the last two, that only fits according to the, Rabba, the opinion of the Rabbanan. But Abishol holds that that's not what you interrupted the five and the two with. According to Abishol, of course you have to interrupt between the five and the two, and we'll see what the source is. But according to Abishol, you're not interrupting the five and the two with, um, with, the, with the burning of the Ketoros, but according to Abishol, rather, you're interrupting the five and the two with the Zrikas Adam Hatamit. So that's Abishol's opinion. What you, and then according to Abishol, when would you burn the Ketoros? You would only burn the Ketoros way after the preparation even of the last two lamps. So therefore it comes out that Abaye's answer only makes sense according to, uh, answer only makes sense according to Rabbana and not according to Abishol. Now, the Gemara just focuses here on the, on the Psukim, on the top of Tetzvav Amenalv. The Gemara just focuses on the Psukim exactly about the way that it works out. And uh, we basically come out that in the afternoon, that's clear that the last thing that's meant to be, do, that's meant to be done is li- the lighting of the menorah and all the preparation um, and all the Ketoros was already done. And the question is, what was done? What was the order in the morning? Again, was it all the lamps and then the burning? That's the opinion of Abishol. And according to the Rabbanon, they were mafsik, the five and the two, with the burning of the Ketoros. So now we're going to start from Rapapa Amar. Rapapa Amar is about 10 lines down on Tesvavim at Aleph. And again, we're trying to answer the conflict between our Mishnah on Yudalit and the Mishnah later on on Chavhei. And the question is, what comes first? In the sequence, in the Seder Hayon, what comes first? Do we prepare the lamps first or do we burn the Ketoros first? That's the question. So until now, Abayah's answer has been that one mission is referred to the five lamps, one mission is referring to the two lamps. Rapapa here is going to give us another solution. Rapapa, Amar Lokash, Rapapa says there's no question. Ha, Rabbana. Our Mishnah is going, which says you do the Ketoros first, is going like the Rabbanan. Ha, Abashal. The Mishnah of is going like Abashal. So Rapapa is doing a little bit different than Abayah. According to Rapapa, according to Rapapa both Mishnahs are talking about the final two lamps. We're both talking about the final two lamps, but the question is, who do we hold like? 
Our Mishnah, which says that the burning of the Ktaris comes first, holds like the Rabbana. The Rabbana holds your mouth like the five and the two with the burning of the Ktaris. So the Ktaris is before the lamps. Whereas the Mishnah later holds like Abishol. According to Abishol, your mouth like the five and the two with the Zrikas Dam HaTamid. But the burning of the Ktaris, according to Abishol, only comes after the preparation of the final two lamps. That's what the Mishnah and Davchafei held like. So it's a funny thing, a little bit, according to our Papa, that you have one Mishnah here, Stam Mishnah holding like the Rabbanan, and one Stam Mishnah there holding like Abishal. But at least according to our Papa, what's a little bit clearer is that both Mishnahism are referring to um, the final two lamps. So all the facts on the ground are, are, are agreed upon between Abai and Rapapa, meaning they both agree that the five and the two were split, and the question is what they were split with. According to Rabbanan, they're split with the Ketores, and according to Abishal, they're split with the Zerika Stam but the Ketores came after the last two. The question is how to reconcile the Mishnais. According to Abai, we reconcile the Mishnais by saying both of the Rabbanan, and one Mishnah is referring to the two, our Mishnah, and the Mishnah later is referring to the five. According to Rapapa, both Mishnais are referring to the two, and we reconcile them by saying one is going like the Rabbanan and one is going like Abishal. So the Gemara challenges this last approach of Rav Papa. How did you explain our Mishnah? We said we're going like the, like the Rabbanon. And Pius, the Mishnah of Pius, Mishnah, Pius means the lottery. The, the Mishnah later on, which is discussing the lots, cast for the Kohanim to, to do that Voda, you said that that Mishnah is going like Abishol. So that was fine. But then Ema Seifa. There's another Mishnah. So we're actually now going to jump not from Daf Chavhei to Daf Lamed Aleph. We're going to jump to another Mishnah which says as follows. We're talking about the actual Seder Hayom now. We're back into Yom Kippur and Daf Lamed Aleph. We're talking about the actual Seder Hayom. And it says in the Mishnah on Daf Lamed Aleph, they bring the carbon Tamid to the Kohen Gadol. Kratzo. Kratzo means to like, to cut. It, it, the point of Kratzo is that he's making a Shechita but not finishing the Shechita. So he makes a point. He starts the Shechita in it. We'll learn more obviously about this later on. But for all we need is Meir Gacha Shchita Yado, and then another coin would, would finish up the Shchita for him. Nichnas Lahakter Sakdoris, and then after he shafted the Talmud, what does it say that he did? He goes in to burn the Ketores, Ulehetivasaneros, and to be mate of the Neros. So that Mishnah clearly says the Akhtaris of the Ketores, burning of the Ketores, is before, is before the. Uh, before, before that, Tavos and So, I saw the Rabbanan. That Mishnah is back to the Rabbanan. So, that's a little bit funny. Reisha is safer Rabbanan and Mitzyasa Abishol. We have our Mishnah, which said the Ketaris came before the lamps. We said that was Rabbanan. Then we had the Mishnah of Chavhei, which said, which said the opposite. And we said, okay, that's going like Abishol. Then we get back to the Mishnah on Lamed Aleph, where we, again we see the Ketaris is before Tavos and and we're back to, we're back to the Rabbanan. That's funny. In other words, the Gemara was able to tolerate, but only to a certain amount. We can, we, we, can, we can tolerate that the one Mishnah might be like Abishol and one might be like the Rabbanah. But we can't tolerate a sense of like flip-flopping. So we, flip-flopping in the sense, it can't be Rabbanah and Abishol, Rabbanah. We can be okay with Rabbanah and Abishol, but not Rabbanah and Abishol back to Rabbanah. Now this is to bring out an interesting point. Again, everybody agrees that the five lamps were prepared before the Akhtaris, Akhtaris, before the burning of the Akhtaris. The question is just, like the Rabbanah and the Akhtaris was done before the two. According to Abishol, the Zerik of Adam went then, and the burning of the Ketaris wasn't until after the two. So the Mishnah later on, on, the, on Laf Lamed Aleph, which says that the Kohen Gadol, after the Shechita of the Talmud, goes to burn the Ketaris and then to prepare the lamps, even if we interpret it like the Rabbanan, it's a little bit off. Because even the Rabbanan agree that the five come before the Ketaris, it's only that the Ketaris comes before the two. So that Mishnah also is only referring to the last two lamps. It's, uh, that's what it would seem like. Okay. So, at any rate, this is a problem that we have with Rapapa. That Rapapa's solution leaves us at a funny thing. Uh, it, it can't be that it's not, it's not that it's not true, it's just it, it, it seems very forced to the Gemara that it's one our mission is Rabbana, and then we get to Abishol with the Baisos, and then back on Lamed Alf, we get back to the Rabbana. So the Gemara says, yeah, well, live with it. Amalachar Rapapa in. 
That's what we have to say. Reish of a sefer rabbanon, the Mishnah and Daf Yidalad, and the Mishnah and Daf Lamar Alpha, like the rabbanon, umitziyas, Abashol, the Mishnah and Daf Chafay is just going like Abashol. Okay. So now the Gemara wants to understand why we've had two answers. We had Abai and we had Rapapa. They're both reconciling the Mishnahis. Our Mishnah said the Ketaris is before Tavos and Eros. The Mishnah Chafay said that Tavos and Eros is before the Ketaris. We wanted to reconcile them. Again, everybody agreed with the facts. The question is just the, the way to reconcile. Abai reconciled by saying our Mishnah was talking about the last two lamps. The Mishnah later was talking about the first five lamps. And Rapapa reconciled by saying both are talking about the last two lamps. Our Mishnah is the Rabbana. That Mishnah is Abashol. So the Gemara says, Bishlam Abai Lamak Rapapa. We can understand why Abai, the first answer, didn't say like Rapapa, the second answer. Because Reisha have to say for Rabbana, He was not willing to do that very forced thing that we just discussed, where you have the first and the last Mishnah going like the Rabbanan and the middle Mishnah going like Abashol. He felt that was, you know, too dachuk to say. Ella, Rapapa, Rapapa, who's going out of his way to say such a forced thing that our Mishnah is Rabbanon, Mishnah is Abashal, which forces him to stay back on the Mishnah of Alpha, going back to Rabbanon. Why didn't he just say like Abaye? It's a better solution. Because that way you just say our Mishnah is talking about the last two lamps, so the Ketaris is first. The Mishnah later is talking about the first five lamps, so the Neros are first. Well, that Lachaira would have been a simpler solution. So the Gemara answers, Rapapa says, that's you're supposed to read it rhetorically. With the time with the of first talk about the last two lamps, and then in a later Mishnah, he's going to talk about the first five lamps? It doesn't make sense. In other words, our Mishnah here, the way that said Ketores and then the lamps, we're saying means Ketores and then the last two lamps. Was with the first five? First five we didn't discuss. Wasn't in the Mishnah. It also gave a little bit of explanation for it. Maybe the Kohen Gadol didn't have to do all of them. You know, he's just preparing. It's not so important. Whereas the Mishnah later... It's only talking about the first five. So it says the order for the, for the pious is that you'll do Atavas Aneris and then afterwards the Kataris. So it seems like what Rapapa is bothered by is why would us, by us in the Mishnah, why would he first talk about the last two lamps and the Mishnah later only talk about, and only then talk about the first five? So that's not really such an excellent question, which is what Abai responds. Let's just analyze, see the way that Abai says it. Abai What are we doing here? Let's, you know, we have to remember, in all of these things that we're putting together, these huge contradictions, one, one point is important. In both the objective of our Mishnah in Yudalad and the objective of the Mishnah in is not to teach us the sequence. That's not what our Mishnah is coming to do. What's our Mishnah coming to do? It's coming to teach us this din that the Kohen Gadol would prepare for all the Avodah, and it gave a list of the things he would do. Now, we're trying to make a whole thing and the implication that the order and the things that are in the list, they reflect on the general order and the way the basic Mikdash things happen. And then on the Mishnah of Chafei as well, the Mishnah is not coming to tell you the order. The Mishnah is coming to tell you the way that they cast lots to do the Avodah. And, and the Mishnah was telling us the second lot was for the Atavas Aneris and the third lot was for, uh, was for the Ketoris. So when our Mishnah, Abai says that Tanish is coming to teach us. What does that mean? He's just coming to teach us. And But the exact order, he's only going to tell us later. So what exactly is the point of the Gemara? So it would sound like, if you read the Gemara at face value, that the Gemara is saying, you made too big of a diak in our Mishnah. In other words, don't get so concerned that the Ketiris is listed before the Neiris, and that only means before the last two lamps. Oh, what's with the first five lamps? Technically, if you would have spoken about the first five lamps, then the lamps would have been before the Ketiris. Don't be so concerned with that point, because the Dan is not coming to tell us the sequence. 
He's not concerned with that. He's more concerned with teaching us the point that the Kayin Gadol is preparing for the Avaida. And Lamaisa, it's a true point that he will be burning the Ketaris. He didn't, he didn't say something wrong. It is a true point that he will burn Ketaris and then do Atavas and Eris, the last two lamps. The Tana said it that way. He wasn't busy, obsessed with the sequence. Yes, in Ochanami, he could have talked about the first five lamps and said the lamps come first. That's what it would seem at face value to read the Gemara. The question is, how do you reconcile that with the Taisus? Taisus and, and Yudalim Abbas makes this point. Taisus also was struggling with this idea that the Tana just only spoke about the last two lamps. And Taisus spoke out this point that the Vard isn't Stam, the Tana only spoke about the last two. The Vard is that the whole din isn't that Kohen Gadol has to do every din Avaita. That's not what's going on. It's like the idea that the Kohen Gadol is being prepped. So when he's being prepped, it's Lapidafka that he has to do every single detail in the Avoda. Just to give another point, yesterday it also mentioned that the, the Kohen uh, uh, is Makhtar the Imurim of the Carbon Talmud. And the Mishnah said that he's Makhtar the Rosh and the Regal. Uh, what about the other limbs? The other limbs he didn't do? So some of him say, yeah, the Mishnah only listed the first of the ones that he brought up, but in a Hanami, he would bring up the other Imurim as well. But Toso seems to work that you don't have to say that. The idea can just be the Kohen Golo is preparing. It doesn't mean he has to bring every single limb from the Talmud up on the Mizbeach. The point is he gets familiar, he familiarizes himself with the Avaida. So according to Taisus, it's a little bit more, it's more, it's stronger than just that Dana wasn't concerned. The Vard is starker. The Vard should be that the Kohen Golo was only doing the last two lamps. So that's not so clear as how well it works in the interpretation of reading the Gemara here. The Lashon Gemara, the Tana is just, is just teaching. What is the point of the, of the Gemara that Aru Ba'alma, he's just teaching? Not so clear. Okay, fine. Now we're done with this. Now we're going to go back to what we learned earlier. The reason we learned this earlier is a total, we're, we're learning a total tangent now. But we actually started off with a steer to the Mishnah and Talmud yesterday about the Ketaras coming first, Atavas and Eris coming first. And we tried to say that the Mishnah there was a Tana, Shemitzpah, But then we said, no, Talmud is not Shemitzpah Mitzpah because we see a contradiction in the way that the Zrika of the Dam was done. So the Gemara is just going to get back to that. We're talking about the Zrika of the Dam HaTalmud. Remember, a Talmud is a Karban Oila. Typically, Karban Ola has, how do you do, apply the blood on the Mizbech? You go to the bottom part of the Mizbech and what do you do? Shtayim Shehin Arba. You put on two corners, and it's kind of like four, because if you put in the corner, so it's in both directions. That's the simple idea. So Gufa, we learn, first the Kohen comes to the northeast corner of the Mizbeach, when he's standing in front of the northeast corner, facing the Mizbeach, he puts the blood on that corner, northeast. Then he goes counterclockwise, circling the Mizbeach, and then he comes to Marabas Dromus. He comes to the opposite corner, comes to the southwest. Notice in Marabas Dromus, he puts the blood on the southwest corner. He throws it at the corner. Fine. That's what the Mishnah said. And that's very good. That's a Shtayim Shein Arba. Pashu. So the Karban Talmud is an Ola. So you do a Shtayim Shein Arba. Give out. It says the Gemara Vatani Allah. But it said in a Braisa about this Mishnah that that's not accepted by everybody. That's only the opinion of the Rabbonat. He said, he said a little bit different. He said different for the Karban Talmud. Meaning, a normal Karban Ola, he agrees. It's a regular Shtayim Shein Arba you place in two corners. But for the Karban Talmud, he says it's different than a regular Karban Ola. In, what, in which respect? He says as follows. I agree with you in the initial corner. That when you reach the northeast corner, what you do is you throw at the corner. But when you go to the opposite corner, my Ravis Romans, when you get to the southwest, instead of throwing it at the corner, you do something different. What do you do? No sin, Ma'arava. First, you put the blood on the western wall of the, of the Mizbech. Actually, no sin, throw them And then, what, what, what else do you do? After you, you know, you round the bend, turn the corner, you put it on the, on the south wall. So what are the, what, what's the difference? What's he saying before we see where he gets it from? What's he saying? He's saying that when you get, you get to the southwest corner, instead of throwing the blood at the corner and saying, okay, I hit the corner, so it's like I got those two directions of south and west, I get to the corner, 
I take some blood and put it on the Mizbech. So ding, 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 big difference. No zrika, but application. And number two is I'm not putting it directly on the corner. I'm, I'm, he's facing the corner, but he takes the blood, puts it on the west part of the wall, takes more blood and puts it on the south wall. And those two discrepancies about whether putting it, throwing it onto the corner versus applying it to the two walls are really the difference between a chatas and an ola. Generally, in ola, right, the shtayim shenarbi, you just throw it at the corner. That's what the throwing. But a chatas, you apply, you touch there. Uh, you act, there's actually a touching that takes place. And a chatas also is placed on all four corners. Those are the main two discrepancies. There's also one more discrepancy, which tomorrow might not get so into. We'll see, maybe, is that chatas is done on the top of the mizbeach and ola is done at the bottom of the mizbeach. That we'll get to. But essentially, just to capture the point here, Reb Shimon here is saying that in the second corner, treat it as if it was a chatas. That's basically what the dispute is. The first time is saying, it's an ola. So when you get to the second corner of the southwest, throw it at the corner the same way you would throw. They would throw it at any corner of any, of any ishtam shein arva ola. Reb Shimon is saying, for some reason, klape the second corner, pretend this is a chatas. Don't do the regular ishtam shein arba, which you do on a carbon ola. Rather, take some blood, apply it to the, to the western wall of the mizbech, and then take some, take some more blood and apply it to the southern wall. Okay? And we want to understand why in the world he is saying this. This is a very strange thing. And again, it's only in respect to the carbon tum. Make no mistake. It's not that he's saying this is generally the way Shtayim Shein Arva is done. He's just saying specifically for the carbon tum. So the Gemara says, My time is Shem Mitzvah. Why is he doing that? Why are you making the southwest corner all different than the northeast corner? So I'm Rabbi Yochan Mishim Chad Debe Rabbi Yanai Amar Kra. It says that we're talking about the leaning of Rosh Chodesh. It says on Rosh Chodesh, it's talking about the Musaf. So there's one Higo which is brought for a Chatas. It says, right, this is the famous Chatas Lashem. Hashem says, you got to bring a Chatas for me. We're talking about that Chatas of the Tsar on Rosh Chodesh. So it says in the Pasuk, you bring the Chatas, Al Oilas Hatomid Yasaviniskai. So what does it mean, Al Oilas Hatomid Yasaviniskai? So obviously, Pshuto Shemikar is just, by the way, don't forget to bring the Kamar Tamid. It means in addition to the carbon Talmud. But why are we darshaning this? Because the Pasuk already mentioned the carbon Talmud. It's carbon Lachmi, it was right there. We lay in our Shkodesh also. So what's the Pasuk linking the Chatos in the Musaf to the carbon Talmud? So we darshin, Oilahi, the Talmud is really a regular Oilah. The Pasuk is saying that you should do what you normally do to a Chatos to the carbon Talmud. So we're saying, the Sar Chatas Lashem, by the way, there's something Chatastic that you do to the Tamid. Now, you, Mark, you could say maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you do something Oiladik to the Chatas. The Gemara will get to that. But the Gemara is assuming that the Drush is you do something that you would do to a Chatas al Oilas Hatamid, on the Oilas Hatamid. Meaning the Oilas Hatamid is not just a regular Shtayim Shein Arba. The southwest corner, you're not going to throw it to the to the corner, but rather you're going to treat it as if it was a Chatas. Ha Ketzad, what does that mean? Meaning, how can it be both an oila and treat it like a chatas? How do I reconcile it being an oila and a chatas simultaneously? It must be that you should do both things. Notice in Achashi first on the northeast corner, you do the regular Shtayim Shein Arba Kemaisa oila in the way that you would do for a regular carbon oila. And then Shtayim Shein Shtayim. And then when you get to the opposite corner, when you get to the south and the west, which then you treat it as if it was a chatas, Kemaisa a chatas, you treat it as if it was a regular chatas. And again, how do you treat the regular chatas? The way you would treat the regular chatas is um, you, would, you would put some blood on the west and put some blood on the south. 
So now we understand. Generally, Karman Ola is always time Shanaba. Generally, Karman Chatos, you put the blood on all, on all four corners. So now Rabbi Shimon here is saying that it, for some reason, is treated like both because it says, Yerachaz Hashem, Al Oilas Hatam, Yasavinishkai. So the Karman Tamid has to be treated like a Karman Chatos and also retain its identity of being a Karman Ola. That translates into on the northeast corner, you throw it, you throw it on the corner, and that's the Shtaim Shein But on the, it's really Achashi Shtaim. And then on the southwest corner, you're applying to actual west wall and applying to the, to the south wall. Strange phenomenon. So the Gemara says, Maybe you have to do both completely. Who said you just do the northeast corner and then the southwest, the northeast corner you do like a, a, a Ola and the southwest corner you do like a Chatas? Maybe do both the northeast and the southwest exactly like an Ola. Throw it both on the corners. And then after you've done all of that, just like you would an Ola, then go back to all four sides and put the blood on the side. Meaning the source said, do like Ola and like Chatas. So how do we know that means split the four? Two of them are done like Ola and two of them are done like Chatas. Maybe actually do both. Do four like Ola, meaning throw on both corners and then go back and put, apply a second blood application on all four sides like a Chatas. So the Gemara says a fascinating thing. There's no such thing. We never find, and this is always amazing, we never find which is an interesting argument. We never find that there's such a thing, that the blood makes kapara, and then you have to repeat a second kapara. Now, what, what's interesting about the Gemara? Oh, maybe the kapara wouldn't come until you're totally done, right? Maybe here, essentially, the Torah is saying, you need eight. You need ola yichatas. But the var of the Gemara is, that's probably all what's, what's in the Gemara. There's no such thing. There is no such thing like that. We have no concept of something where there's more than, than, than the matonus of the dam that the Torah prescribes. And once you applied it, you applied it. So it wouldn't make sense that the dumb have to be mechaprin, v'chuzun mechaprin. And so what does the Torah mean? It's a chatas and an ola. Elamai, what does the Torah mean? First you do the northeast corner, and the, uh, northeast corner and you hit the corner and it splits. And then you get to the southwest corner and you put it on the each wall. So it says the Gemara, if you're saying about what you find, I mean, this whole thing is unprecedented. You never find that. Either you do shayim shenaba, you do arba, or you do put it on four walls. Ella, rather, what do you have to say? We're doing unprecedented things that we never do because that's what Hashem said. There's a hekish in the Pasuk between the Chatas and the Ayla for the Tamid, so it has to be similar to both. So that's why you're doing it that way. So Hachanami, so too for our, for our question, maybe you could say the same thing. Again, what's our question? That maybe you do first time Shein Arba like an Ola and then Arba Shein Arba like a Chatas. So maybe it's done anonymously just because that's what it says you're supposed to do. So the Gemara answers, Hasam Pisuk Matanos Ba'almahu. That's just separating the blood. What's the Territz of the Gemara? The Territz of the Gemara is, yes, you're right. It's unprecedented to ever get to the southwest corner of an Ola and now apply it like a Chatas. You're right. Unprecedented things. But it's, it's doing it in just a subtle difference. Instead of throwing the blood at the corner and saying, I did both, so I'm actually going to take some blood and apply it to the south and, so, and apply it to the west. That's less of an unprecedented action than actually doing all four Shtayim Shein Arba like an Ola, and then coming back and doing another four like a Chatas. It's greater, it would be a greater anomaly that I would do both like a Ola and then like a Chatas, than it would be to do half like an Ola and half like a Chatas. It's Pifzuk Matanos Baal. So if we're forced with a choice about how to understand what the anomaly is of the Tamid, we'd prefer to say you're hitting just the northeast corner with a Pashra Achashishtayim and then going to the southwest corner and putting it on both walls. Okay? Clark. Says the Gemara still. 
There's another discrepancy between Ola and Chatas that we just conveniently overlook. Why don't you put one that's two, Lamata, the Ola always goes on the lower half of the Mizbech. How do we know the, lower, the Ola goes on the lower half of the Mizbech? Because by an Ola, the Pasuk says, El Yesoid HaMizbech. The Yesoid is on the bottom. So the bottom line is, maybe you do the Achashi Shaim in the northeast corner on the bottom. Shtaim Shin Shtaim Lamala. But when you get to the southwest corner, you should be climbing up the ramp, getting to the top of the Mizbech, and putting it by the horns. Kamaisa Chatos, the way you do a Chatos. But we didn't say that. We sounds like we agree that the southwest corner applications are on the bottom half of the mizbech. It's just kamaisachatos in the sense that you're applying them to both sides of the mizbech as opposed to putting it, throwing it on the corner. But why? If you really believe in this drasha that it's oila like a chatos, then you should have to climb up and do it lamala. So the gemara says lamatinu dam shechetzin lamala shechetzin lamata. We never find blood applications that are split between the top and the bottom. A carbon either has its matanus, which needs to go on top, or its carbon, or its applications, which needs to go on the bottom. You never have half half. So that either here, if you're saying it's an oila, and that's why the northeast corner it's hitting, it's hitting the corner on the bottom, then when you get to the southwest corner as well, even though it's kimaisa chatas, you're not doing it lamala. You're doing it lamata just as if it was a chatas in the sense that you're not throwing it on the corner; you're applying it to the sides. So the Gemara says, is that true? That there's no such thing as blood that's half on top and half on bottom. So what is the Gemara talking about? What's the context of this Mishnah? So the context here is the blood in the Kapoyeras. And Yom Kippur, when he goes, he has the Damasar, the Damapar, he goes inside. And what do we know? With, what does he do with that? It says, the, the literal language of the Mishnah is, he says, one on the top and, and seven on the bottom. So it seems that what's the Pashup shot? Pashup shot would be literally one's on the top of the Kaporis, one's on the bottom. Now, the, the Gemara can't be making that mistake though, because the Gemara, the later on, it's so clear the blood doesn't touch the Kaporis. The blood doesn't touch the Kaporis at all. But the Gemara is assuming, even though you're not making contact with the Kaporis, you're aiming it towards it. It's an interesting idea. You aim, but you don't actually hit. How exactly does that work out? We'll learn all about that later on in the fifth paragraph. But the assumption the Gemara is making is that Akama, to the extent that there's a din that you should be aiming towards the top half and then aiming towards the bottom half, that's enough of a precedent of Dhamma Mamala of Dhamma Mamata. So, so to here, maybe you should have that. So the Gemara says, no, but Chlal, it's not true. It's not true that when you're doing Achaz Lamala Vesheva Lamata, that you're even aiming at the top half. It's not true. Kim Matzliv, it's just like a Matzliv. Kim Matzliv, what is a Matzliv? Machber, if you do, if you made a, a public demonstration here, Kim like somebody who's whipping. So basically what it means is, the point is just whether it was palm up and then palm down. That's all it means. What's the difference between palm up and palm down? The difference is how far the blood was supposed to reach. He's not attempting to aim at the kaporis at all. It's just about how far the blood was supposed to fly. So when you're the first one, the achas lamala, it's lamala in the sense it's palm up. So it's going a little bit of a higher arch, a little further. Whereas the other ones were like straight down like the whip. So achas lamala, we completely missed the point. It's not attempting to aim at the top half of the kaporis versus the latter half of the kaporis. Total mistake. Ta'ut. That's not what it means. It means the way he's, 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 he's using his palm of his hand in the way that, his hand, that the hand is situated when he's making the whipping motion with the blood. But we never find, we're back to our point, that it's unprecedented to find some blood applied to a top half and some blood applied to a bottom half. And that's why it's not going to be like that, like Chata Sanola as well. Says the Gemara, below, still you never find Lamala and Lamata. But Tanan, it says in a Mishnah, here we're talking about again on Kohen Gadol. So the Kohen Gadol, after he takes the Dhamma Par and the Dhamma Sawyer, and he goes inside, and he does by the Kaporas, he then goes outside and he does by the Paroches, he does that. And after he does by the Paroches, he goes to the inner Mizbeach. And what does he do on the inner Mizbeach? He's a Mimeno al Taharo Shemizbeach Shavalam. He sprinkles on the Taharo of the Mizbeach. What is that? 
Tahara is a certain part of the Mizbech. What's the Tihur of the Mizbech? Obviously, Tahara means purity. But what does that mean? The purest part of the Mizbech. So, my, what does that mean? Tahara is a Mizbech. Lava Pauga the Mizbech. It means the midpoint of the Mizbech. And I mean, should like people say, Tahar Tiara, that the, in terms of the day, the purest part of the day has come. Like the brightest part of the day. Midday is the Tiara Dioma. So if that's what it means, Tara, Tiro, Pagadioma. So here too, that's what the Mishnah means. You sprinkle at the, at the middle of the Mizbech. Okay, so what's the Kasha? Where do you see some blood on top and some blood on bottom? So there's a fascinating Machlikas Rashi Taisus. Rashi writes that the Pshad in the Gemara is, if you're aiming at the midpoint, where inevitably is the blood going to go? Can't hit exactly midpoint every time. Yeah, Charlotte Tom same. Inevitably, what's going to occur is that some blood will go above and some blood will go on the bottom. So it ends up that some blood is on the, on the top and some is on the bottom. Now, Tesis doesn't like that. Why? Because the, the point of the Gemara wasn't you can't have blood on the top and you can't have blood on the bottom. The point is there's no din in a carbon which requires some blood to go on the top and some blood to go on the bottom. If it ends up that inevitably some blood trickles there and blood there, that's not the problem. So Tysus learns different. Tysus learns that by the inner Mizbech, before you put the seven on the tiaro, that you put four on the top corners. Oh, conveniently forgot to mention that. So that's what's bothering the Gemar. You're doing four on top and then seven in the middle. So if that's true, then you see sometimes Dhamma Mala and Dhamma Mata. So that's Machlik is Rashi and Tysus. So the Gemar answers, Amar Rabba Barshila, no, you got it wrong. What does it mean? That we put the seven blood applications al tiharo shomizbeach. We were assuming it means the minor, the middle wall, the middle part of the wall of the inner mizbeach. Says the gemara, low. It's not what it means. Agufe de mizbeach. Tiara means the mizbeach itself, meaning like the top of the mizbeach. Gufe means the purest part. The purest part means not like the midway, the brightest point, like people talk about, but the top of the mizbeach. They would clear some part. You know, they always had things burning there as well, so they have to clear away some ash and things and put the blood right there. So they put it on the four corners on the top of the mizbeach. And then on the face, on the top, on the top surface area of the Mizbeach, So the Gemara is bringing that puzzle to show us where we find purity used in that context, in that context. And it's saying here that it's talking about like the Shemayim. So it's clarity. So we see that it means you're clearing the top of the Mizbeach and putting the blood in that place. Okay. So now we go back to the analyzing Rav Shimon Mitzvah here. Again, Rav Shimon Mitzvah's opinion is that the carbon tamid, you do both like a you do both like an ola and like a chatas. It says in the pasuk al ola satamid by the chatas. So we say that means that you treat the tamid like a chatas as well. And you, in the northeast corner, you throw on the corner. And then by the southwest corner, you apply to both walls. So the Gemara has a kasha. We know you have to do both. Like an ola and like a chatas. Now how do you know that you first do like an ola and then you do like a chatas? Northeast corner, you do ola dick. Southwest corner, you do chatas dick. Maybe the opposite. First apply the blood like a chatas and then afterwards do like an ola. So meaning maybe by the northeast corner, you should apply it to both the north wall and the, and the, and the north wall and the East wall, and then by the southwest corner, you should throw in and try to hit the mizbech. How do you know which way? How do you know it's ola then chatas? Maybe it's chatas and then ola. So the Gemara answer, simple answer. Even the olihi called Remember, the tumit is an ola. It's de- definitive in terms of what it is. It is an ola. It's a fully burned in front of Hashem. That's just by definition. It is a maisa ola. It just we have the gzeres hakasif that you're supposed to treat it like a chatas. So we do that second, not first. Says the Gemara Kasha. It's time a new question. This question now is veering off from Shimon Hashem Mitzvah. It's a general question in terms of what they did by the Zerika of the Dhamma Why do you go to the northeast corner of Maravis Romis and then the southwest? 
Why don't you go to the southeast and then the northwest? We can understand that you have to do Shtaim Shein Arba, which means that you're throwing it and hitting the corner and it, and it flows in both directions. And that's the way it's considered as if it's going to all four. But why do you choose northeast and southwest? Instead of being northeast and southwest, maybe it should be southeast and northwest. Why are we choosing those two corners? So the Gemara answer is Amri Oila to Una Yesaid. The Oila, the Pasik says, where do you apply it? By the Yesaid. The Yesaid is the base of the Mizbeach. So the Karen Dremis Mizrach is Lo Avalo Yesaid. The southeastern corner did not have a base at all. So this is in order to understand this a little bit. Remember that Gemara that we learned uh, that Yerushalayim was Nischalka Lashvatim and Dafyid Beis. So we learned on Dafyid Beis that all of the Makom Avoda was by not the Makom Avoda, but the Makom of the Mizbeach and In was from Shevet Binyamin, and anything in the Azaros and the Arabayas was from Shevet Yehuda. The Gemara says that there was one Amma which really was supposed to be part of the Mizbeach and by Binyamin, but there was like a Ritzua that was Yaitzes and it was chapped by Shevet Yehuda. This is that Amma. That Amma, again, the most eastern Amma, uh, again, Yudah is all toward the east and then Binyam is all toward the west. It was really supposed to be right by the Mizbech, right by the end of the Mizbech. But Yehuda's territory encroached one Amma in. So it ended up being that that place was from Shevet Yehuda. If that place was Shevet Yehuda, Amaisa couldn't have a Mizbech. So therefore the Yesod was not built in, on that part. So that part on those, on the, on the entire, on the, I shouldn't say there was actually a little bit on the, on the northeast corner where it extended, but after one Amma that it extended on the, on the northeast corner, on the rest of the eastern base, there was no Yesod whatsoever. So the one corner which had no Yesod was the southeast corner. So you cannot do Azrika Saddam Ola on the southeast corner because that's not Ola. Ola requires Yisoyed, and there was simply no Yisoyed there. So that's how we know, and instead it has to be the northeast corner and the southwest corner. And the way it worked was, again, the, Ola, the most of the Yisoyed was, was in the north on the west side, but it was a tiny bit that wrapped around the corner on the northeast side and the southwest side. Says the Gemara, Again, a general question. Fine, I got it. The two corners you need are the northeast and the southwest. I accept that. But why is it first northeast and then southwest? Why don't you apply the blood first to the southwest and then to the northeast? Meaning I know it has to be those, those two corners because those are the ones with the Yisod and it's going to work out. But how do I know that you start in the northeast and then go to southwest? Maybe the, 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 the order is reversed. So the Gemara says as follows. We have a general rule in the base of Mikdash. All of the turns that you turn in the base of Mikdash, you're always supposed to turn to the right. So that's the one that he's going to hit first. So let's try to understand what the Gemara is saying. First of all, the Gemara doesn't tell us the source here. But the Gemara in Zvachim brings a source from a Pasuk in Yechezkel. That every time that you turn in the base of Mikdash, you're supposed to turn to your right. Now, we assume, you have to do a picture of this, visualize what the Gemara is saying. We assume that the Kayin is going to be going with the Dam. He's coming towards the Mizbeach, from, he's coming from the south. He's coming from the south. Remember, the Mizbeach is in the Azar in the northern section. He's coming from the south. He's coming to where, you know, the Kevish is in the south. And he's coming to that place. And he's coming with the cup in his hand. So if you're in the south, what is to your right? The first corner that's going to be to your right is going to be the southeast. Now again, when you turn, keep yourself facing the Mizbeach. What's now going to be to your right? 
move towards the northeast. Assuming you're still facing the Mizbech and you turn, which way are you going to turn? You're going to turn to the northwest. Assuming you're still facing the Mizbech and you're going to be turning, you're going to turn to the southwest. So as long as we keep those variables the same, assuming the Kayin is entering from the south, coming in with the south with the blood in his hand, and assuming the Kayin is always going to be turning while he continues to face the Mizbech, then the way we're going to apply the halach of Kopino Shataponi Lo Yu Elod Elo Yamin is going to mean the first of the corners between the northeast and the southwest that he will encounter will be the northeast corner and then he'll turn around and hit the southwest corner. Okay? So that's the reason it worked out that way. Fine. Now we go back to Rabbi Shimon Hisham Itzpah, who says that the carbon tamid is first like an ola and then like a chatas. How do we know we got the whole drasha right? How do we know that we're, we're talking about the tamid and we're saying that you should do to the tamid in addition for doing one zrika like, the, like, the, like an ola? You should also do an application of dam like a chatas. The Torah is saying that in the chatos of the Musaf, the sorer of that, the he-goat that's brought in the Musaf, you should do like it, like my Sa'ullah. After all, isn't that in a certain way the Pshuto Shomikra? The Pasik's talking about the sa'ir of the chatas. And it's saying you do it al-Ilasatamid. So who says that means you do what you do to the chatas? To the tamid, maybe mamish the opposite. You do what you do to the tamid, you do that to the sar chatas. So maybe the tamid you do a regular shayim shaynabra that you do to an ola. And the Pasik is simply coming to say that on the chatas of Rosh Chaydesh, you should do as well to maybe first, you know, like a chatas, and then you'll do the second blood applications like an ola. So the Gemara says, Lo It's not a correct Havamina. The Gemara is saying, don't think it that way. What's the language of the Pasuk? So what is Al? Al means, my comrade, what is the Torah saying? The matter of the Chatas, you throw onto the Ola. What is Al? Al means that it's supposed to be on top of the Ola. The Chatas is on top of the Ola, not the Ola on top of the Chatas. What is that subtlety suggesting? The nuance is, is that we're saying the dinam of Chatas you should apply to Ola. Not that the dinam of Ola you apply to Chatas. So even though, yes, the context is the Sar of Rosh but the Torah is simply saying that the Maisa Avaida from Sar of Rosh you should be applying to the regular, to the regular tongue of the that you bring every single day okay so now we're done that was one big long tangent that we had to understand mitzvah again why are we doing all this because we had a stira what comes first is the katayras come before the atavas and eras and the mishnah and tamid about atavas and eras comes before the katayras we wanted to reconcile it by saying that the mishnah and tamid goes like we got stuck from this stira about the way you apply the dama tamid the, the rabbanon hold of the dama tamid is applied like a regular maisa oila shtaim shein arba and we see in a bright so the rabshim and mitzvah disagrees according to rabshim and mitzvah you do achashi shtaim and the northeast corner, and then in the southwest corner, you apply one on the, on the western side and one on the southern side. Says the Gemara, now a new topic. Tananos, and we learn there. We're going on a long tangent here. We're going to be learning new things. We talked about Mishnah and Tamit, so we're going to be learning different things about Tamit now. So Tananos, the appointed coin said, to the Kohanim, who used to bring the Tamid, they used to say, he said like this, go get, a, go get a lamb. Where does one get a lamb from? They used to have a chamber where they kept all the lambs. They had a whole thing where they had a bunch of lambs that were ready. Remember, they have to be Muvukar. For four days before you bring a Tamid, we learned that it has to be examined according to Rashi each day, according to the Ram on the first and the fourth day. There's a din. So they had a special chamber where they kept all the lambs. And, and where was this? The chamber of the lambs was kept in the northwest corner of the, of, of the, uh, of a specific lishka. Now, what is this lishka? 
This lishka that we're talking about is that in, it was built into the northern wall of the Azara, and there was like a big room. It had a fire in the middle. The Kohanim would go warm up there. And in this big room, in each of the four corners of this big room b- built by the, north, the northern part of the Azara, there were four different lishkos that were built there. Arba lishkos hayisham. There were four chambers there. Achaz lishkos atlam. One was the chamber of the lambs. One was the chamber where they kept all of the receipts. And we remember that from Shkallim? In Shkallim, we learned that there was a system of receipts. What was the system? If you would show up and you wanted to buy Nesachim, so you didn't have to show up with your wine and, and, and your oil and your flour and all the ingredients. You would just simply show up with your cash, with your money. You would go buy a ticket, and the ticket would say which one specifically you needed. You then would take your ticket and you would bring it to another part of the, of the Beis HaMikdash where they gave you, they, they gave you, they supplied you the ingredients that it said. Now the reason why you needed different types of tickets is because not always is the, is the libation the same. There's different amounts. So they had different names that were written on the tickets. So there was one lishka here in this place which was called the lishka of the tickets, the lishka of the receipts. One was the chamber of the fire itself. It was like a very, like, it was almost like a shvitz, like a very intense place where, where you could warm up. Remember, the koinim are always cold from the, from the floor. And the other one was the lishka, where they would apply, where they would make the lechem aponim. The lechem aponim was made over there in, in one of those chambers. Okay, so bottom line is, what do we see? That, that the lishka of the tlaim here was b'mekzoat siphonis maravis. It was in the northwest corner, in this place, in this place built into the Azara of these four lishkos. So this one, the chamber that held the lambs, was in the northwest corner. So the Gemara says, we have a contradiction to this. Because it says, in the Mishnah here in Midos, so we have a cast between Tamid and Midos. It says in the Mishnah in Midos, there were four chambers that are opening up into this hall of fire in the northern part of the Azara. Like little, you know, antechambers that open up into a greater, bigger room. Two of the chambers are in the Kodesh part, and two of them are in the Chol part. Because if you think about it, as soon as there's got to be some border, there's some marker where we say this is in the interior and this is in, in the outside. So four of them were Kodesh, or two of them were, were Kodesh, two of them were Chol. For Rashi Pitzvah Mavdin Kodesh they used to have some posts that were built in the middle of the big room, which would be a marker. It would be, until here, you're inside of the Azara, and out of this, you're outside. What did these chambers serve? is the southwest was the chamber for the lambs. So this Mishnah says that it was the southwest one. That was the chamber for the lambs. Dromus Mizrachas, the southeast. Yilushkas was Lapanim, was where they made Lachma Panim. Mizrachas Safon is the northeast corner. Base comes with Chashmonah, base comes with a base Malchay Avodei Kolchavim. That's where the Chashmonah hid the Mizbeach. What are we talking about? You don't hear so much about this, but the Yavanim not only were they made time with the oil, but they defiled the Mizbeach and they didn't use the Mizbeach anymore. They took those stones and they were going as them. They put them in hiding and they kept them forever in this chamber. They kept it over there. Safon is Maravitz, the northwestern corner. But Yardlevei Satfila, there was a way. There was like you could go down to a mikvah from over there. So there are many contradictions between that Mishnah and the Mishnah that we cited before. The Mishnah on Tamid and the Mishnah on Mido seem to be in disagreement. The first Mishnah that we looked at in the Mishnah on Tamid, the Lishkas Hatlaim, the lambs, was the northwest. And the second Mishnah seems to be saying that it was the southwest corner. So we're going to stop here for today, but we're in the middle of a contradiction and we're going to see tomorrow that we're going to try to resolve that the Mishnayos in Tamid and the Mishnayos in Midos were not taught according to the same time.